Hi, everybody. I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what is happening at the movies. And my guest today is Dave Franco, who you've seen in many movies, and you've laughed with him. And guess what? Now you're not going to laugh. This is his featured debut as a director. He's going to scare you to death and then also make you think about yourself and the things you do. That was very clever and wicked of you, Dave. To do. I, I love that intro, by the way. Good. It's good. Well, then we're done. We're done here. It's all good. Let's walk away. We killed it. <laughs> you know, last time I saw your brother James, he was describing the difference between the both of you. Oh, and what did he say? I'm curious. Yeah, he did. He said, you know, uh, Dave is unflappable. <laughs> Nothing can move him. And yet when somebody, and I know this from experience in watching it, when someone directs their first movie, usually there's a lot of screaming and yelling and saying, no, do it this way. Was that you or were you the picture of calm? Um, I, I was closer to calm than screaming. Uh, I, I think the smartest thing I did was I really vetted the crew in an extensive way because obviously I wanted people who were really talented, but it was just as important to me that everyone was very nice and going to work their ass off because as a first-time director, I, I just needed people whose number one priority was the quality of the film as opposed to people who, you know, want to end the day early so they can get home and watch the basketball game. He speaks from experience, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but I won't ask on what sets such behavior happens. You know, it's very strange. When I spoke to Clint Eastwood about the first movie he directed, which was Play Misty for me, mm. he said the one thing I had to learn was don't have too many people in it if it's your first time. That's, I, I, think, uh, I think I benefited that. from that same thing. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very small cast and crew. And uh, it, yeah, it did feel more manageable. And also it was primarily set in one location. And so within, within those parameters, I felt like I could, I could have fun with the overall style of the film. And uh, because I didn't have to think about too many extraneous things. And uh, yeah, so I think Clint was onto something there. Yeah, he really was. It's a, it's a good thing to do that. And plus you get the tension, but I'm not gonna put myself in this position of giving away anything. So I'm gonna say to you, mm -hmm. the director and co-writer, tell the people what they need to know going in to the rental. Yes, so it is a movie that is a little bit difficult to talk about because uh, I don't wanna spoil anything, but- Well, there is a rental. There is a rental house, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's correct. Uh, <laughs> but the baseline, really simple premise is two couples go on vacation for what should be a celebratory getaway and then things start going terribly. Uh, so uh, what I will say though, is I, I'm a huge horror fan myself and I watch everything. And so even though that log line does sound familiar, like we've seen it before, I really wanted to do everything I could to subvert the genre whenever possible and try to just keep people on their toes and just really make it feel unique in the execution, whether that be the look of it, where I, um, I, I got one of the most incredible young DPs named Christian Spranger, who is mainly known for his work on the TV show Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And that show, it, it tells you everything you need to know about him. I mean, if you think about 
how many productions have filmed in Atlanta over the past decade. And then you look at that show and they somehow found a way to make it look different than anything else that's filmed there. It just really speaks to Christian's eye. And so, uh, I mean, no matter what people think of the film, you can't deny that it looks stunning. And so I give him a lot of credit for that. Well, you know, they're going to love it. But what you've done is that you've made us afraid <laughs> of what we all do. We tend to say, oh, you know what? I'll rent an Airbnb <laughs> or something because, look, it's a, we're in a pandemic. I'll get someplace deserted like this and just go away with my best friends where it's okay. And now I never want to do that again. Right, right. So, <laughs> so I promise my intention wasn't to take down Airbnb or the yes, home it was. I'm never but doing it again. <laughs> the idea was inspired by my own paranoia about the concept of home sharing, where I think about how the country is as divided as it's ever been and no one trusts each other, yet we trust staying in the home of a stranger simply because of a few positive reviews online. <laughs> and that being said, I still use Airbnb. And in fact, I stayed in an Airbnb while filming this movie. And I think there's, there's just this, this disconnect where we're all aware of the risks of staying in a stranger's home, but we never think anything bad will actually happen to us. And so I was trying to like kind of explore that idea and why we subject, subject ourselves to staying, you know, under the home of someone we don't know. You know, you've done this. You have essentially four people. Well, there's, there's a fifth person. There's a dog, you know, this mm -hmm. is what you're dealing with. Tell me about these actors that you gathered together to be in this. Yes, yeah, so uh, obviously my wife, Alison Brie, is in it. Um, no, that's already really brave, you know, because it, my wife is downstairs. And the idea of directing her in any way would seem completely uh, something that wouldn't wind, out, wind up in my favor, you know? But it worked with you. It, it worked very well. So we, we've been on set together before where we, we were working as actors. Um, so... I knew, I knew that it was going to go smoothly and it went better than I could have expected. She, I've obviously known, always known that she's a great actress, but uh, when I was in a position where I was uh, kind of watching her intently for five weeks, I realized that she is legitimately one of the best and she made my job so easy. And I think she just has this unique, unique quality where she's able to balance really heavy drama with moments of levity, sometimes within the space of a single scene. And it's, uh, it's just really impressive to watch. Please, you know, Dan Stevens, you know, here's another guy that you can't typecast. That's true. That's true. He can really do everything. I don't know if you saw him in, in the recent movie Eurovision. I did. Uh, and believe me, I've never seen anything like it. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> but I think he really steals that film. And so I think Dan, the, the roles that I like him in most are actually in genre projects. Um, for example, The Guest and his TV show Legion. Uh, but in those projects, he's playing characters that are slightly heightened. And so I was excited to see him in a role that was a little more grounded and, and human. And I think one of Dan's kind of best skills is that he's so good at playing villainous characters where some actors who play villains, you immediately kind of sour on them and you're, you don't like them. 
But Dan is having so much fun playing the villain that you, you almost can't help yourself. And you're like kind of rooting for him even when he's making unethical decisions. And so I, I give him a lot of credit because that's not something that's easy to pull off. It isn't. Then he did it. But, you know, tell us about the actor who plays Josh. Yeah, so um, Jeremy Allen White plays Josh, and Jeremy is one of the most naturally gifted actors I've ever seen. Uh, most people know him from his work on Shameless, and I I've admired him from afar for a long time, and I just really... I just really respond to he, he he's got this really uh, raw grounded energy um, but he can also be very unpredictable so every take you don't know what he's gonna give you uh, but he was the one actor where all of the other actors came up to me at different points throughout the process and said it is so easy acting with Jeremy you just have to like He's, because he's so present, he's so locked in, you just have to give yourself over to him and he's going to just feed you so much and make, make your job easy. Well, and, and also, this character that he's playing, Josh and Charlie, Dan Stevens' character, are brothers, you know? Yes. Now, <laughs> any of this coming from life experiences? <laughs> Look at he almost spit-taked on that one. That's <laughs> a good question. That is a good question. Um... You know, what's interesting. I, I showed the movie to a friend recently and he pointed out a moment early on that I didn't even really know that I did. And what he what he pointed out was it's the really the kind of the first scene of the movie um, uh, where he's talking about the younger brother who is kind of like really wants the older brother's approval, but also uh, is kind of like shy about it and, and doesn't really know how much he wants it, but feels like he needs it. And there's all these conflicting things. It's all sounding and, familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's how me and my brother used to be. Uh, <laughs> but where, where I feel like, and I, I don't want to speak for him, but I feel like uh, he looks at me as more of, of an equal now and, and doesn't treat me as baby brother anymore. But I think there, there is some truth uh, in that opening scene with the two brothers. All right, let's get to the fourth member of the, and she's terrific. In yeah, this. so Sheila Vand, who uh, most people know from uh, another horror film called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And, Not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> and so she's incredible in that film. Uh, but she's playing a vampire, and so she's not necessarily emoting very much. Uh, but when I saw her in this smaller movie called We the Animals, that's when I realized that she was perfect for this part. She, she has a supporting role in that film, but she really gets to show her range in a very finite amount of screen time where she's got this, like, this inner power and strength, but at the same time, she can just be so vulnerable and crumble at any moment. And uh, I, I'm really excited for people to see her in this film. What was that first scene you shot? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, the first scene we shot was um, when Allison and Jeremy's character are on a hike in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, <laughs> uh, what story can I tell about this? The Steadicam operator, who is incredible, I just want to throw that out there before I say this story, but we, we put a lot on his plate this first day, and we were doing these long takes where he was walking backwards up this like steep hill while he was filming them, and after a few takes, 
he got um, he got a little dizzy and a little lightheaded and, and threw up a little bit. And um, it was not a great start to the filming process. But again, no, nothing bad against this guy because he is so good. And he really, I give him a lot of credit for how the film looks. But we were just like, we were really kind of coming out of the gates and, and giving him a lot to do. Yeah, oh, great, sure. Okay, the guy's throwing up that's shooting us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to his credit. To his credit, he got he threw up, he got right back up, and we did another take. <laughs> That's what we all have to do. Why, I have to ask you, are you not in it? So um, the truth is I wasn't originally planning on directing the film. Uh, I was going to play the role that went to Jeremy Allen White. And mm -hmm. once I decided to direct it, I just made the choice to – only focus on my my duties behind the camera because there's uh i, I knew that it was going to be a lot and that i was going to be just learning a lot as i was going and i didn't want to have to worry about acting as well and i'm so glad it worked out this way and and um if and when i hopefully get to direct again i i, I think i want to go down the same path where i can just really focus on on everything behind the camera well you don't want to give up on acting do you no, no way. No, no. I would love to continue to balance it all. And um, it's interesting. I, I acted in one project since filming this movie. And I, uh, I was curious to, to see how I would be on set as an actor. And in my mind, I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to be excited to only have to focus on my acting responsibilities and not have to worry about everything else. And in reality, uh, it was the opposite where I can't help myself. And I just like, I want to be a part of every part of the process. And I want to talk to the DP and the writer and the director. And Oh, yeah. Uh, the directors will love you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to, I try not to be annoying about it. I try not to overstep my bounds. Are you uh, sure you want to set up the shot this way? Mr. <laughs> not like that. No, I, promise. No, I no. promise. It's more like, it's more yeah. picking their brains and just kind of trying to figure out everyone's process and just trying to almost learn from them and, and steal what I can for, for my future projects as a director. So what of you, I want to ask you as we come to the end of this, when you look at your movie, when you put it together with editors and you, I don't know if you tested it. I don't even know if it's possible to have tested anything in the last four months. We, we did some smaller tests before mm -hmm. the pandemic happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at it, what's your review? It's a good question. That's a really good question. Here's what I'll say. The final product is pretty much exactly or very close to what I pitched from day one. And so no matter what happens from here, you know, obviously I hope people like it. I hope people uh, check it out, but I wouldn't really change very much. And so I, I feel content in that. And, um, I guess I give uh, I give the financiers a lot of credit for allowing me to make an, a, a somewhat unconventional thriller horror movie where it's not a it's not a horror that um, relies on jump scares. Uh, it's not a horror that uh, is uh, giving you things that you've seen a million times. It it really again like I was saying earlier, I, I really tried to make unexpected choices wherever I could that um, might be a little scary for financiers and producers, but ultimately uh, they gave me a like a long leash and I feel like we were able to make some pretty bold decisions that make it make the overall product feel unique. So you're good. You're ready to get back on the horse and do that. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I already have an idea for, for a sequel. Uh, uh, really? Because that's, well, I'm not saying it. Why? That might be hard, <laughs> but um, okay. You know, the movie's I'm, open-ended enough that you could, you could imagine a sequel happening. Is. But I was shocked that you have a dog in the movie. Mm-hmm. And since you're a cat person. <laughs> well, trust why me. Why not? Why did you put your cats in this movie? So I, I actually have written a, a, a new movie in the quarantine with my wife, and we have a cat in that film uh, that is named Harry based on our, our late cat, Harry, who, who just recently passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. He lived, he lived a long, very happy life. You have the other one, though. They're both gone now. What? I know. You need new one. I know. Trust me. Every day, we all, all we do is we just fall asleep, just looking at through Allison's Instagram of just all these little baby kittens. We're 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 actively looking. All right. So this show, which you've never done before, always ends in a little bit of song. Okay. I want you to sing a little bit of a song that might be able to be something we can dedicate to those two cats that were once such a part of your life. Oh my gosh. Come uh, on, babe. You give me give me some examples of other songs that people have, have sang. No, I want your song. What is it? What do you sing around the house? Oh my gosh. Oh, this is horrible. Don't tell me you didn't sing anything to them. I'm sure we, we make up our own little ditties in this house, uh, which I'm not going to share with you now. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Uh, that kind of song you can't share with us? No way. They're too personal. That's really? that's <laughs> if you if you uh if you give me if you give me a great review, I'll 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 send you a little private ditty. <laughs> First bribery I've ever been offered. I'm <laughs> thrilled. So I'm not getting even a hum. Um uh let's go with uh I'm gonna look at my records right here. Uh, uh, Radiohead. That's not a uh, one. I it might be. <laughs> that's that's too complex. Uh, we got Elliot Smith. That's too depressing. <laughs> uh, we got Nat King Cole, uh, Edward Sharp, uh, Alabama Shakes. Well, that's an eclectic collection. It is. It is. Uh, Alabama Shakes. Um, uh, my wife and my so- uh, song from the beginning is uh, I Found You. So uh, let's, let's all imagine me singing that song. Well, you just give us the first two bars and then we'll cut away. Um, God, I can't even think of it now. You're really putting me on the spot. I don't like it. I know. I like sweating, you know. But I you're sweating now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we can't. This is, my brother was telling you I'm unflappable. This is, this is the first time I've been flappable in a long time. <laughs> Example. All right, do we have to wait for the next uh, interview to, to do the song? I'm going to prepare a song. I'm going to spend all my time until we talk next to give you a, a proper rendition of, of a good song. I'm going to insist on that. You know? Okay. As soon as your series comes on, we'll do it again. And I'm going to expect now, I only ask for a little bit of a song. Now I'm going to ask for the whole thing. You deserve it. <laughs> I do deserve it. Dave Franco, thank you. Congratulations on your movie. I think people are going to love it. They're going to be scared, but they're also going to be saying, why am I so screwed up? You know, which is a great thing to ask when you say I appreciate that. I appreciate it. As long as it's making people ask questions and starting conversations. That's what it is. All right. Thank you for doing this. Take care. Thank you for having me.